I know I said last Wednesday night we was going to continue where we left off last week, but I got busy today and I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> so, but then I got to studying First Peter, and I got excited about it. So if you'll turn there tonight in First Peter, chapter three. First Peter chapter three. Before we get started, there's a way that I used to study the Bible, a lot of ways. Is number one, I sometimes I'll pick out certain words to choose to study. And other times I'll pick out subjects to study. Other times it's type and figures, like the Bible gives us types and figures of things. And then the other ways is verse by verse. And uh, other ways is comparing Scripture with Scripture. And then you can study characters of the Bible. Those are some of the ways that I get excited about studying the Bible. So I hope I can encourage you in some way to do those things. But what I want to talk to you tonight I want to, is First Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. And the subject tonight, if I can, I'd like to talk to you about how to shorten your life. And uh, lately, I have been going through with people. I, I remember, for instance, years ago, there was a young lady called me and uh, said she's going to cut her wrist and commit suicide. And I took off running, got down to, got to her house, and I found her laying in about a four-foot pool of blood and her arms were, both of them, shooting blood up against the walls. And I grabbed her wrist and held them, and uh, I started screaming for some help. The neighbors come and looked in and thought I was killing her and left. <laughs> and so I had to turn her loose and call 911, but they came and saved her life. And they wouldn't take her to the hospital unless I went in the ambulance with her. But anyhow, it saved her life. But she ended up taking her life no matter what. And I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a couple of families right now that they don't understand, and I don't either, anybody that will take their life. I, I have a hard time with that. But I do know one thing. The Bible has a lot to say about how to shorten your life. And so tonight, I want to read in First Peter chapter 3, down through verse 13. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair, and wearing of gold, or putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, by the holy women also who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husband, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, 
having compassion one of another, love his brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rending evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but contrawise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips they speak no God. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you will help each one of us understand the principle of life itself. And if you'll bless us tonight, we'll praise you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading these, and and, uh, verse 8 says, Finally, now it talks about women, I mean the husband and wife, and and it starts off with the wife, and then it comes on down to the husband and, and tells you exactly how to treat one another as husband and wife. And I found this true, not only in mine and my wife's life, but in every couple's life. If you go by this principle that's given here, God will bless you. And then he comes down to verse 8 and says, Finally, be of one mind, having compassion one another. <coughs> Love his brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Now, Peter is saying all believers are to be like-minded. We're to have the same faith in the same Christ for the same salvation. One of the things that I find that break up homes quicker than anything else, that's why that I will not marry two different faiths or two people uh, saved and unsaved is what I mean. And some people think, well, uh, my husband, uh, the one I want to get married to, he's a Catholic and I'm a Baptist and I'm saved by the grace of God and I can get married to this guy because I really love him and I can change him. No, you can't. Because it's a, it's a principle with God. And God says, don't do those things. They'll cause you trouble, trouble down the line. And so uh, what it's talking about here to begin with is how to have a good home, how to have a good relationship, how to treat one another. And then it comes on down to verse 8. It says, finally, brother, be a one faith. In other words, if you're going to get married, if you're going to have a good life, if you're going to have your companion, be sure that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, both of you. Now, uh, we are to be in sympathy, verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contravise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Now, Peter is saying all believers are to be like-minded. We're to have the same faith in Christ. Then he says, and to be sympathetic with others. Although Christians cannot be exactly alike, in all their thinking, we should have compassion one for another and love as brethren. We're to, to, not to persecute or hate one another. We're to love one another with more than common affection. We're to love one another's brethren. Then notice, but we're not even to keep company with sinners. Now turn back to 1 Corinthians just a minute. I'm going to show you a principle in just a minute. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 9. 
I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For then must you needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or adulterer, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one, no, not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Now I want you to notice verse 13 says, God judges. Okay? Now I do know this. There is some people in this world that's under God's judgment. Amen? I mean, you just look at people and, and follow their life a little bit, and people will say, I don't know why all of this, and they'll, they'll give you every excuse on the world of what's going on. And I do know one thing, God judges people. And I'm not talking about after death. I'm talking about right here on this earth. Now, verse 10. Verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. And now the rest of that down to verse 13 has to do with verse 10. All of us want to live. Now, the sad thing, and many saved people are not enjoying life itself. They're not living life to its fullest. They're not getting all they should out of life. I talked with this lady this week, and she said her son committed suicide, and she said, Preacher, you don't understand that my son lived, and she gave me the age that he lived to before he killed himself, and she said from a, yearly, a very young age of life, we had him under psychiatrists. We had him under medication. We did everything we could to get his life straightened out, not to do some of the things that he was doing, and he'd done them anyhow. And here he was. Now he's dead. He committed suicide. Now, I got news for you. If you won't listen to God's correction, God will take you home. Now, I want you to watch this. The Bible also tells us how man can shorten his life. I want to start by seeing how a person can shorten their life. 1 Timothy 5, verse 6. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. John 8, verse 34. Jesus says to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. Proverbs 11, verse 19. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Now there's verse after verse in the Bible that plainly teaches that deliberate, willful sin kills. It kills. Smoking causes cancer. Homosexuality causes AIDS. Drinking, alcohol, beverage, yellow jaundice. Drugs burns up the brain. And on and on you can read these things and study these and you'll find one thing. Sin kills. We say alcoholic drivers kill. But the Bible says sin kills. We say tobacco causes cancer. But the Bible says sin kills. We say drugs causes suicides. But the Bible says sin kills. 
we say free sex, fornication, cause disease. But the Bible says sin kills. And you can go on and on through the Bible as it gives us. Now, on the other side, how to live a long and good life. Verse 10. Number one, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Now, let's back up and let's turn that around. Now, if you want to live a good life, do this. Verse 10. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips they speak no guile. In other words, don't be bitter all the time. Uh, get some sweetness in your life. But let's turn it around now. Uh, or him that does not refrain his tongue from evil, and him that goes around speaking guile and just pours out bitterness out of their mouth all the time to everybody, that person won't live long then. Notice something else. If you want to have a good life, then don't speak evil of other Christians. That's number one. Now, if you want, if you want to have a good life, don't speak evil of other Christians. So, if you want to shorten your life, go around talking about other Christians all the time, bad things about them. Now, another thing, don't speak guile or don't go around telling lies on other Christians. If you don't do that, the Bible says you can have a long life and a good life. But turn that around, and you go around doing that all the time, you're going to shorten your life. Let me show you something else. Verse 11 now. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and sue it. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and sue it. Uh, number three, don't have anything to do with evil, anything evil. If it's evil, just stay away from it. Amen? That's how to have a good life. But if you want to shorten your life, just hang around evil all the time. Hang around mean people. Hang around those that do evil. Hang around those that do bad things. You'll shorten your life. Now, fourth thing, do good things and good deeds for people. You know, I don't understand people that just don't ever once in a while want to do something good for somebody. I mean, want to. Not out of necessity, but just want to. Just want to do something good for somebody. Don't need no thanks. Don't need no uh, building you up. and uh, just, just want to do something good for somebody and do it. You know, uh, it, it, I hear people all the time, now preacher, if you need any help, you call me. I ain't calling you. Amen? Neither will anybody else that needs help. Uh, they, they want you to, if you really mean it, you'll help them because you want to. Amen? And that's just the way it is. And But you turn that around, and the Bible makes it very plain. You can short your life by not doing it. Uh, the fifth thing is, seek peace. Now listen to me. Don't just want peace. But the Bible says, don't just pray for peace, but want peace. Pray for peace. Go after peace. Do everything you can to have peace with other Christians. Go out of your way to soothe bad things between people, uh, other Christians. And then verse 12 now. For the eyes of the Lord over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. Now let me ask you something. Wouldn't it be better then to be a righteous person? The Bible says a righteous person God will open His ears to. That's where I want to be. I never want to live, and I know you don't either, where God shuts His ears up to your prayers. And the Bible says He will, because turn that around now, 
And notice what it says, for the eyes of the Lord open to the righteous. Well, that's something, isn't it? That means his eyes are closed to the unrighteous end. And his ears are open to the righteous, but his ears are closed to the unrighteous. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Boy, that's a hard saying, isn't it? Now, I got news for you. You know, I can put up with you, and you can put up with me being against one another. But you better not have God against you. Amen? I mean, we can have enemies down here of mankind, and all of us do. Somebody, hey, I got news for you, whether you believe this or not. Everybody don't like you. <laughs> if you ain't found that out yet, you will. Amen? If you live long enough, you'll find out somebody don't like you. Amen? But I tell you what, I can put up with people not liking me, but I sure can't put up with God not liking me. Because when God don't like you, you ain't going to live long. I want God to love me. And the only prayer sinner can pray to God hears is this prayer. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and ask you to save me. Romans 10:13. Now, Moses... I mean, the movies want to picture an old sinner uh, living a rotten old sinner's life. Then trouble falls on him and calls on God, and everything's all right. Now, there ain't one thing wrong with that. That's not scripture. Now, let that old reprobate get right with God by confessing his sins, 1 John 1 9, and getting saved. Then and only then can he call on God, and God will hear him. Now you get this straight. Just if a man is a sinner without Christ, he can't call on God, because he has no mediator between God and man. And there is but one mediator between God and man, that's the man Christ Jesus. And so the only way you can call on God and pray, you've got to get saved first. Now you have the Holy Spirit in you and, and Jesus as your mediator and he, you can pray to God. But we see these things in the, uh, you know, uh, old rotten sinner and he gets uh, right in his own minds. He gets right with other people and he's confessing everything and somebody says, well, boy, he's all right now. No, you're not praying to God. God's the only one who can straighten all that stuff out. you got to get saved first and then you can pray. Now, why don't you turn over to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 2 for just a second. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, I'll read a verse to you. Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Now let me give you something, folks. When you get to the place in life that verse 13 is your life, that's your life story. You're in trouble. You're in depression. You're in a place that ain't no telling what you'll do with your life. And just every one, and I have preached, I don't know how many people's uh, funerals since I've been preaching that committed suicide. And every one of them got to the place that they hated life itself. They had a couple used to come here to this church years ago. And the man came up to me one Sunday and he said, Preacher, if my wife leaves me, and I'm telling you right now, if she leaves me, I'm going to blow my brains out. I said, Buddy, uh, what makes you think your wife's going to leave you first? She told me she's going to leave me. 
And if she does, I'm going to kill myself. I said, now, wait a minute. And I tried to talk to him, and she left him. And she went, he went and got his daddy's 357, went down here by the Alpine River Bridge, and blowed his brains out. You know what the problem was? He hated the life that he was living. He hated it. And the Bible says, therefore I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, and all this vanity and vexation of spirit. I was telling, I was witness to a person this week, and I was, I was going back and thinking about having a bus route years ago. Little boys and little girls driving, coming to Sunday school. We had as high as 85 little boys and girls, and men and women driving that Sunday school, and bringing them to Sunday school and church. And do you know what's what's uh, makes my life worth living sometimes? Is seeing one of those that's grown up now. And they're Christians, and living good Christian lives. That's what I get excited about. And somebody, uh, you know, uh, putting up with people, you can do it if you got something to live for. And uh, life itself is good. Now, here's a statement of a man in Ecclesiastes 2.17 who has tried everything in life, and he has lived like a reprobate. Therefore, he said, I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Did you know if you do the same old thing, repetition, over and over on your job and your work, and, and it means nothing to you. you. It just means nothing. But if you win souls to Christ, if you serve the Lord, you have meaning to it. Life is worth living. And so many people today are involved in living for the moment and the things of this world. Then suddenly they wake up and find it's not worth it. Life is monotonous. Life is not worth living. No wonder people jump off of buildings and bridges and take an overdose of sleeping pills and shoot themselves. The only time a person can live life to its fullest is when they're in a right relationship with God. I was talking to this person just the other day, and she's a very rich person. And she started, I was telling her about a situation I was dealing with because we we're short, we've become friends down at my wife's beauty parlor. <laughs> I got to see them elderly people down there, and they, get, they, they start talking to me and found out a preacher, and they all want to talk to me. And, and she was sitting there talking to me, and she was telling me something bad going on in her life right now. And she said, one thing I found out, she's a very rich person. She said, money don't mean everything. She said, we got houses, we got boats, we got a mountain home. Uh, I got a brand new Cadillac out there, she said. That don't mean a thing when your son is not with you. Or when, and she went on telling uh, other things It's not in her life like she needed. Now, that's a Christian talking. I mean, a saved person. And I got news for you. Everything in this life that's not lived for the Lord, used for the Lord in some way or another, ain't worth nothing. It's going to burn up. It's just a passing of time. But what you do for the Lord will last. And it gives you something to live for and joy in your heart. It, it blesses my soul. Uh, I, I, I hesitate to say it, but Brother Gibbs does something every year because he don't want everybody to know it. And I ain't going to tell the world, Brother Gibbs, but... It, he comes to give me $100 every Christmas and say, Preacher, will you find somebody 
uh, the, uh, some little boy, some little girl, to buy a bicycle for. And we do every year. And you ought to see some. If you could see the, the expression on their face when they get that bike. And I never will forget one little boy. Uh, brother gave you any money. I went and bought it, carried it over to his house, and I told his dad, uh, where's so-and-so at? And he said, he's around back. I said, call him in. And I said, go look in the back of my truck there. A fellow in our church bought you something. He ran jumped in the back of that truck and took off. I mean, I mean, down the road he went. Boy, he was riding that bicycle. And I got to think, isn't that great? Isn't that great to be a blessing to somebody? And uh, it, is, it really is. That's what makes life worth living. And a person that don't have anything in your life. Listen now. Let's go back to verse 10. For he that will love life, or turn that around, he that don't love his life, and see good days, let's turn that around, and don't have any good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, or he that goes around speaking evil all the time, and his lips that speak no guile, or turn that around, or he that is bitter, and all these guys guile spewing out of him all the time, that person, the Bible says, not going to live long. That's how you shorten your life. Man, I, I, I just want to have something good to talk about. Amen? My neighbor over our lake probably called me today, and we was just, he said, where you been? I haven't seen you lately. You ain't been over. <coughs> I told him something come up in their life. But we were rejoicing in the fact I told her it's good to have good neighbors, good to have good friends. And me and my wife, we buried her daddy and mom, and, and when the hurricane hit, we put them a roof on their house and, and did some things for them over there that uh, just because we wanted to. And now we become good friends, and every time we call one another and talk to one another, we got something to rejoice about. That's life, that's living. And the Bible says that's how you can have long days and good days. Amen? I want to live long. I don't want to die short. I don't. I know you don't too. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray that each one of us will learn how to live. It's a hard thing to learn how to live because we're in a perverse world. It seems like it's against us all the time. But Lord, if we'll obey Your Word and follow Your instructions, we can love life, and we can love our own life. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Shake hands with somebody before you go, please.